Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Through awnings and bow-windowed frontages, side streets frame sections of a dusking horizon, ocean-blue kelp depths of sky, street, street, sky, street, sky, lamplight thrown down in pyramids, O oh, gentle rockets, drag me beyond myself, further and further, bluer and bluer, until I am here once more. In the moon underwater. And we find ourselves once again in this publy realm, and I have to say, I don't mind it here. How are you, Robin? Yeah, I'm very good, actually, today, John. Yes, how are you? I'm good. Why don't you pull up a pint? Okay, yeah, I'll pull up a pint and sit down betwixt it and drink it. (laughs) Betwixt it and drink it, yes. Oh, right, I see. Sorry, yes. No, that's very true, to sit betwixt pint and drink it is a lovely motto. I suppose betwixt... (laughs) Yeah, I suppose we're all, in a way, sitting betwixt pints in in terms of time. Very true. We're always between two pints. Yes, yes. Unless we've decided to forego pints forever. Or died. Yes, or we've died and gone on to the uh, further brewery. Um, (laughs) Because God is a brewer. Yeah. (laughs) There are probably people with T-shirts that say things like that, isn't they? God is a brewer. Yeah, God is a brewer. Take me to your brewer, an alien <laughs> with a kind of tank, a tankard. Robin, your pub in weeks, your week in pubs. Well, thanks, John. Yeah, well, so a couple of people wrote in to say I should try out the Blythe Hill Tavern. Oh. So Ruth and I went there on Saturday, and it was stunning. The first mm. thing, though, was uh, I remembered I'd been there with you before. Yeah, I think we went, we went on a Catford Lewisham pub crawl when you came to visit when I lived there. It was around Christmas 2015, and oh. yeah, I vividly remember saying, should I put money on Leicester to win the league? Really? Yeah, because <laughs> they were doing quite well. Anyway, that, so that was the first thing I thought when I went through. So it was very enchanting going through. A little bit, it's quite bloke when we first went in, and I was a bit scared. 
Right. But then we went through to the garden. It's absolutely stunning and lovely. Blokey in, in what sense? Sort of young, big muscles, tight pink shirts, tight trousers and no socks, blokey. Or sort of lots of old men on their own, blokey. Or sort of general air of threat, blokey. All of the above, to be honest really? with you. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but the thing was, that was a, that was a, f- a first impression, and I realised once we crossed the threshold, it was actually a very, very nice, inclusive place with really nice staff. The staff there are without equal. Yeah, they're stunning, and I, I hadn't had a Guinness since pubs reopened, and my gosh, that Guinness was like sort of relearning the meaning of Guinness. Was it really? Yeah, it was fantastic. It was you like did text sort of, me about the Guinness, didn't you? Yeah, it was sort of platonic Guinness. It was really. Just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and it was very nice. We were in the garden. It was quite busy. And they've got, we were under this kind of corrugated kind of uh, plastic sheltery thing. And foxes kept running along it. Really? Making quite a racket. And everyone kind of would turn around and go, oh, a fox. And it sort of brought everyone together. Did that sort of make you feel like you were in Inception, where everything was sort of inverted, because there are foxes running above your head? Yeah, yes and no, you know. I mean, <laughs> it, was a, it was sort of a bit of a magical moment, I suppose. Yeah, it was lovely. How's your week been of pubs? My week of pubs, it's contained zero pubs. Sure, that's fine. But I have discovered a new beer which is the Cloudwater Hazy Pale Ooh. that they now sell in Tesco. Mm. So my Tesco is sort of slowly increasing its craft selection to the point at which now it's got a very big craft beer selection. But the problem is they're obviously experimenting with which ones sell. Well, I think you are the key demographic that they're checking in on, aren't they? Every day, Mr. Tesco checks, what's Robin's been buying? <laughs> yeah, but then... So they stopped stocking one of my favourite sort of cooking beers, which is Camden Weeknight, which is 3%. I used to buy it genuinely thinking, surely someone will notice that they've sold 24 cans in one transaction today and they will keep it on. But they stopped stocking that. So it's sort of frustrating. It's a bit like the kind of the Spotify algorithm of, of, of Tesco. You know, you think because I buy this, I'll be offered a lot more of it. It doesn't seem to quite work like that. So they've got this Cloudwater Hazy Pale, which is quite difficult to search for online because it would seem that Cloudwater do three different Hazy Pales, all at 3.7% with different sort of covers, <laughs> different inlay, different yeah. vinyl covers. Yeah, um, yeah. So I can't tell if it's three different iterations of the same beer or whether it's like a yearly brew. But anyway... They're £3 a can in Tesco, which in sort of Tesco terms is very expensive, but compared to buying it online is is a little bit cheaper. So I just bought every single one they had, and I just hope that they keep on stocking it because 3.7% is such a great amount of percent. Yes. How many are we talking? Did you say, how many did you buy? I bought eight because there were only eight on the shelf, mm, mm, mm. Uh, but I'm going to go back tonight and get some more. We did have a trip to the pub, didn't we? But we're going to talk about that on the bonus podcast behind the cellar door. Yes, indeed. And thank you so much for all of the positive feedback we had after the episode, last week's episode with Emma Inch, which we really, for me, was just exactly what I imagined inviting someone to the moon underwater to be. Uh, She spoke with such eloquence and passion. And hopefully we'll be involving ourselves with Emma again in the future. 
potentially something live or maybe we'll ask her if she can take us on a pub crawl at Brighton, which would be an absolute treat. Oh, yes. Uh, but Robin, how, did I hear the mist man cometh as I was down rattling about with the cans and bottles in the cellar? Yes, yeah, the mist man came and I sighed for it. You know, it's quite strange when you sigh for the mail, isn't it? Because you have to sigh on one of those electronic pads, you know, with a yeah. pen, with a sigh. <laughs> and do you have to sigh for each one individually? Uh, no, I sighed bulk. Right. Uh, but my, my sigh looks so, so different from when I sigh normally. You know, it's just crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, when you're sighing. Because you have to make sure that uh, no one else could forge your sigh. No, well, yeah, of course. But so, I think sighing is it's more like a kind of formality, isn't it? Some people sighing just looks nothing like a sigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just you can't, you, you can't be easily uh, replicated. No, it's like a fingerprint, isn't it? Thanks so much for your lovely messages. We read them all. They're they're fantastic. First one I wanted to read out was uh, from John, without an H. Hi, John, with an H. I love the podcast, but had to write this. So he is writing about the uh, Vic Hope episode where we talked about pubs in Cambridge. He said, yes, the free press has a snug, but I guess Robin meant the Kingston Arms, not Tavern. And the Cambridge Blue must be a couple of miles from the river. Hey-ho, you'll understand my pedanticism, I'm sure. It's actually spelt pedanticism wrong there, John, but we don't want to get too pedantic, do we? <laughs> I thought it was pedantry. Oh, yeah, pedanticism is a word, but pedantry is also... And you did, did you check as soon as you saw it? Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> you thought, I've got it there because it's pedantry. <laughs> We love your feedback. But this is a great email, John. This is ticking several of your boxes. Dear John and Robin, I will soon be in Edinburgh with a whole day to kill. And knowing Edinburgh is a city of pubs, I was looking for recommendations for hostelries. I know John is a lover of the Dagda, and that is on the list. In fact, it is the list so far. Which other pubs should I add? Should I find one and settle in for a session? Or should I only partake of one ale in each inn in order to experience as many as possible? All suggestions welcome. Many thanks, Ben. Where to start, John? Well, if if you're an afternoon drinker, the Dagda at sort of 2 to 4pm is where I want to be buried there. <laughs> well, at 2 to 4pm, they, they have to inter you at 4 every day. Yeah, 2 to 4pm, buried in the Dagda. <laughs> but I was thinking about this because, so my experience, Robin's got a much better experience of Edinburgh pubs in terms of their reality. Whereas, I mean, I've spent a year of my life in Edinburgh, but always in Augusts. Hmm. So 12 Augusts I've spent there. So I only know the pubs under Edinburgh Fringe circumstances. I would add, because what you don't want to do is overload yourself. So I would say start with three. And if it was my three, it would be Dagda, Bobar, and Bennett's Bar. Mm. What do you think to that? Very good. I realise I shouldn't have said inter then, because inter means to bury someone. I should have meant dig up at four. Ah. I think those are excellent choices. For me... Almost as high as the Dagda in my imagination of pubs is the Blue Blazer. Mm. And you're not such a fan of the Blue Blazer, perhaps? I wouldn't say I'm not a fan of it. It's very... Uh, I, I know why you like it, because it's the sort of pub you like. It's quite... I, do, I don't mean stark. And also basic's not quite the right, right word. It's not bedecked with adornments, is it? But that's my memory. I haven't been there for five or six years. I think Blue Blazer is just one of those ones where... At the right time, it can be the best pub in the land. I love the Blue Blazer. And it's one of those ones where it's sort of... It can be surprisingly quiet in busy times. So it can be quite quiet during the Fringe. So I do like that. But other suggestions I have got 
Uh, if you're an Ian Rankin fan, you could try the Oxford Bar, which I've only been in once. But on the same street, there's the Cambridge Arms, which I actually quite like. But there's also Kay's in Stockbridge, which is a fantastic pub. Have you been to Kay's, John? I don't think I have. It's a little Victorian pub in Stockbridge on Jamaica Street. I mean, it's so tucked away. It's beyond beautiful. You look kind of... Have I hypnotised you? You have. No, I'm just looking at the Waverley bar in my mind. Oh, the Waverley. Yeah, yeah. Because we've mentioned that a lot, and I think we thought it was closed, but I don't think it is. Oh, great. I think it's still open. Well, the Waverley's a good one. I love the Queen's Arms and the Antiquary, another Stockbridge one. And the Kilda Kin. Yeah, but he's not going to be in Stockbridge, is he? Why not? Go to Stockbridge. It's great. No one goes to Edinburgh for the day and goes to Stockbridge. Well, maybe you should. It's like going to London to sightsee and ending up in Barnet. <laughs> it's like Stockbridge is nice, but it's got it's nothing. It's just a place where people live. I like the way it's called the New Town, and it's like about 300 years old. Or yeah. It's not that old. But yeah, it's, oh, I don't know. Far too many pubs to do in a day there. There really are. But I think in terms of, I, just, I think it depends what kind of drinker you are. Whether If you can sit in one pub, then I would I would thoroughly recommend the Dagda. But you, you're, you're all about momentum, aren't you, John? Well, I want to sample different atmospheres, different beers. I mean, if I went to Edinburgh now, I would sit in the Dagda all day because I miss it so much. But I really like Bennett's Bar in the evening. And also, it depends. If you're a whiskey person, you're into a whole other world because there are some really nice whiskey bars there. I mean, all the pubs, all the decent pubs in Edinburgh have very good whiskey selections. And it's amazing that the Dagda, which is my favourite pub, doesn't serve Guinness. Amazing. Yeah, indeed. But that's the strength of a really, really, really good pub. <laughs> People have sent me photos, and thank you to everyone who sent me photos of their first trips to the Dagda or um, yeah. tagged me in them on, on social media. It really does mean a great deal. And I think, Robin... Tagged you in the Dagda. Tag, tag me in the dag me. Dag me and tag me. Bag me and bury me. <laughs> but I think on the horizon, perhaps a late summer trip to Edinburgh for me and you, Rob. Mm, yeah. Get on the train. Get on the train, as Van Morrison said. Um in the morning, get out about two o'clock, yeah. <laughs> check into an Airbnb and just walk out that front door and never come back. No, just sort of watch yourself walking. Yeah. Somehow. So, folks, a reminder, if you would like to get 20% off uh, a huge selection of non-alcoholic lagers, beers, pilsners, pale ales, stouts, ciders and wines and cocktails and spirits even... Uh, then go to drydrinker.com and use the code MOONUNDERPOD. Also, uh, for our patrons who want to hear about our pub exploits, you can get Behind the Cellar Door, the bonus podcast, and you can also uh, join the Moon Underwater Facebook Social Club and various other benefits, including, and this is very important, live tickets to live recordings of the Moon Underwater, which is going to be happening as soon as you think. There are limited tickets and those in the top patron tier get 48-hour pre-sale exposure, if that's the right word. Anyway, Robin, I feel the pint mats are shifting. Mm. I feel something in the air. Ah, Robin, so we find ourselves here again. I'm sensing some kind of 
murmuration in the ale. Could you could you look deep within your pint and see if there are any murmurations in there? Well, I'm having a look. There's murmurations. Memory is having a good old mix with desire in my ale. Yeah, and look at that keg over there. Go on. Is it just me, or does that keg seem to recede and proceed? It's slightly fuzzy around the edges, like, you know, when the moon isn't quite full. Yes, or when cloud passes in front of a pint. Yes, yes, yeah, when the moon goes behind a pint. And I wonder if the recession and procession of that keg mm. and the murmurations within our pints suggest that we have a guest at the moon underwater on the way, because when the realms converge, it does bother so the atoms of the pub. Well, yes, and the cobbles really do tremble outside, don't they? <laughs> they do, and I can hear... I can, it's funny you speak of trembling cobbles. <laughs> Because I can hear footsteps amongst the trembling of the cobs. The tease of the seas. And yes, it's the door. And who should walk in but Jenny Ryan. Hello, Jenny. Hello. Um, I think you probably need some WD-40 on that door. That was, <laughs> it yes. Was quite, it was quite a tough open. It's meant to be a self-lubricating door, but it's been faulty for some time. So we'll put that on the Moon Underwater caretaker's list. <laughs> Jenny Ryan, a.k.a. The Vixen, a.k.a. host of Fingers on Buzzers podcast with the lovely Lucy Porter, a.k.a. and I only found this out today, singer of Somebody to Love on Celebrity X Factor. Oh, you got straight to that. I thought I, yeah. I, I thought I might have got away with it. Guess which one John wants to talk about. Am I in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not in my house. We're in the moon underwater. But if you just sort of tense and try and look between the realms, mm. you might see certain things appear behind me. Mm. Certain pieces. And, and there's a, sort of an aura of Mercury around you. <laughs> there is, and I don't just mean, if you just bear with me a second, I don't just mean the character, but also the, the chemical element uh, Indeed. of um, the good Sir Lord. Dear Sir Dame Sir Knight Sir Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. What is that, what's that t-shirt? Is the chemical element of Mercury in a sort of yellow jacket? Chemical element of Mercury being, Jenny? Uh, HG is the uh, mm. chemical symbol. And do you know why it is HG? It's heavy water or something like that. It's high hydrates. Oh my goodness! Now you put me on. I'm off duty here. Come on, I've come to the pub to get away from the quiz. Uh, well, <laughs> throughout the evening, I've just got a hundred quickfire questions uh, to spring at you. But I, I do want before we begin to enter the further realm, I have to ask somebody to love. I mean, even George Michael had to change the key. Yeah, I feel like they changed my key down. Oh, I didn't ask for that. Um, (laughs) That was the one thing I managed to stick to from the audition process. That was the first song I auditioned with. And I had choice of a couple to perform at the live audition stage at Simon Cowell's house. And I, I stuck to my guns because that song is something that I've sung for years with my friend Martin, who's a pianist. And it was probably one of the first songs that I ever really sang publicly that wasn't in Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. I, I'd, I'd met this chap who sat in the corner of a, a pub, you know, rattling through pop and rock songs on the piano and occasionally would have people step up and sing with him. And 
I chatted with him and he and I said, "Do you know uh, somebody to love?" And he said, oh, "Yeah, are you sure?" I said, "Yeah, I'll do it." That's sad. I've only ever sung it in my bedroom, wow. and it kind of became our theme song. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Because uh, yeah, people put the pints down to applaud. Cause I think it was just the volume more than anything. Well, it's a great delivery. Very impressive. It's one of the great lost number ones, I think. Mm. It wasn't number one, but it absolutely damn as well should have been. Yeah, I think if if you took a poll, people yeah. would assume it was a bigger hit than it was. Can you describe Simon Cowell's jeans? What was the state of his jeans when he saw him? Were they boot cut? <laughs> they were under a table. Oh, um, so, yeah, I, I, I have been in uh, Simon Cowell's bedroom. Wow. I can tell you that. I've seen his bath. Really? <laughs> that was because I, the the door to the stage was his patio door from his bedroom. That's the right. only reason I've been in his bedroom. You, you didn't say, uh, <laughs> Simon, do, do you mind if I just use your bath? Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's overlooking the Pacific Ocean, so it's probably one of the best baths I've ever seen. Mm. Mm. Wow. The Pacific Ocean and Simon Cowell looking out onto it from his bath. Yeah. Imagine that. No, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> what, a haunt, what a haunting image you've brought with can, you this I can evening. I sort of imagine that he still wears his boot-cut jeans in the bath. That's my mental image. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. How do you think he gets them so tight? Yeah. Just soak them. So, Jenny, tell us more about this piano in the pub that you said is near you. What sort of pub is it? And where is near you? What's your pub realm? The location is Bolton, and this is a pub called Barristers. Now, it, it no longer has that piano, unfortunately. It gradually, over the years, got more and more battered and out of tune. And when the landlord was informed how much a replacement piano would be, he just fired my friend really? <laughs> basically um, yeah that was quite a sad thing so the the tale goes that that my friend Martin had been out drinking and uh, had made his way down Bradshagate which is our main drinking strip in Bolton mm. and one of the last pubs you come to it's a double pub so you go through a an archway into a little cobbled courtyard and you can turn oh. left and you can go into the swan where they will probably be playing scooter very loudly and there will be some of the ugliest people you've ever seen dancing. Uh, so there's like a pub within a pub? Yeah, and so if you turn to the right, it's a it's a little real ale bar wow. called Barristers. Oh. And in the corner of that little real ale bar... There's another pub. There was a piano. No. <laughs> <laughs> which is, yeah, it's a pub within itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and apparently one, one evening, Martin, who... Is just a fantastically talented man walked in and, and asked, "Do you mind if I play that for a bit?" And it was it was the Bolton equivalent of sort of rolling out the barrel and everyone gathering round the old Joanna. Yeah, that became his. I think Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night he went ended up playing there from about ten pm till four am. Oh. Wow. It was karaoke, but not quite. It was mm. a turn, but not quite. It was yeah. very. He's very shy and low key. And then he would get when his mates would turn up like me, <laughs> he would he would beckon us over and say, John, do son of a preacher, man. Go on. Give us son of a preacher, man. And he'd just start playing it. and You'd have no choice. A microphone would be thrust into your hand. Amazing. So would Barristers be your first stop or would you go down the strip? Tell us more about this strip. What was it called? <laughs> Bradshagate. Bradshagate. Mm. Yeah. Brad, as in Brad Walsh. Yeah. Shaw Gate. It's, it, ah, but we said okay. Ratchet, so it's, it all <laughs> rolls into one. It's, it's yeah. a lovely Bolton phrase is to just mm. 
slide all the syllables into one another. Back in the day when I was a, a teenager first starting, the ambition was to do all the pubs on Branchergate. How many were we talking? I never did it, never did it. The, at the peak, there would have been about a dozen. Right. It was very doable. You would start at an Irish pub, which mm. then became a pub called Bar Metro, which, oh. believe it or not, Metro is the biggest taxi rank in Bolton. So the bar is sponsored by the taxi firm. Wow. <laughs> in fact, has a little booth where on the way out, if you've drunk too much, oh, that's you get quite a taxi, nice. it's fine. That's it's, quite it's, nice. it's, a, it's actually a really solid marketing ploy. And then once our one branch of revolution went, <laughs> after about six months, because it was far too posh for us, the next bar is called the Balmoral. It's the kind of place where the average number of limbs is less than everywhere else. Yeah. You get my meaning? In fact, the the, the average number of noses... <laughs> well, a few people have been yeah. in the wars. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And um, there's definitely... You can definitely smoke in the back room. I'm sure mm. of it. <laughs> they they look at you askance if you, if you look like you're from the council, which is basically anybody who's wearing... Shoes. Outdoor clothes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or has a nose. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you'd have to you'd have to get past that to to do the rest of the strip. Unfortunately, now the rest of the strip is pretty much they've all got like a Z in the name. Mm. Oh, the, the, you know, the end of the Z. They've got shots, Courtney's. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Can we just take a moment, a moment of silence for those fallen pubs? So, Fare so, ye so. well. Did they try and rejig the Irish pub to like O'Malley's with a Z or something like it that? It was or... it was dirty Nellies, dirty with a U. Oh, but no Z. There was no Z involved. No. There's so many mavericks so in the pub rebranding name game. Uh, but we shall get on to that, uh, Jenny, because tonight <laughs> we are creating your fantasy pub. Is is this pub going to be on Bradshergate? Probably not. No, no, it's not what it was. Right. It is not what it was. It'd probably be more likely to be out in one of the suburbs. So my family all live in a, a little suburb. Well, it's, it's not a suburb. They would kill me for saying that. I wouldn't be allowed back in. It's a village which is technically part of Bolton. <laughs> a suburban village. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's But it's it's got its own identity. And it's a lot of people there don't like to leave there ever for any reason. So it's it's, it's great, but it's also a bit frightening <laughs> to, to come in from the outside. So when we walk into Jenny Ryan, a.k.a. the Vixen, a.k.a. singer of Somebody to Love's Pub, <laughs> what, sort of, what sort of decor awaits us? Because you've got a very strong, cool aesthetic. You've got a really, like, cabaret chic, rockabilly look. Okay. That's, and your uh... hair is, like... you done in those like it's the 50s is that going to be reflected in your pub well there'll be a lot of mid-century furnishings Ooh. but not particularly by design just because they've always been there they're right. sturdily yes. built they probably had a coat of paint on at some point and, and i'll take that off to, if it makes it look a bit better mm. but it's there's there are a lot of original features in here there's there's tiling mm. victorian tiling there Ooh, so Victorian tiling, but sort of quite utilitarian mid-20th century furniture. Mostly, yeah. yeah. So the permanent fixtures are from when the place was constructed. So it probably would be a Victorian building. You know, right. Some nice high ceilings and everything. Tiling, a bit of wood panelling. 
but the furniture it's been accrued over the century oh and i some like have survived that. yeah yeah and some hasn't and and a lot of it'll be how easy it was to clean it's probably still got many, many layers of stickiness on it. I think they call that patina, don't they, on Bargain Hunt? Patina, yeah. Oh, yes. And booths. Are we talking booths? What kind of... Uh... There'll be some booths. Yeah. So it, it would be akin to Rover's Return. Mm. Right. There'd be a little bit of that, but plenty of side rooms. So there'd be a vault, there'd be a tap room. There's a different oh. atmos in the different parts of the building. Oh, I like that. So mm. almost like... A really nice pub version of those nightclubs they used to try and make where every floor was a different sort of oh, yes. atmos and yeah. music. Oh and yeah, but still, <laughs> yeah. still got one of those. Still got one of those called Level. Level, yeah. Yeah. There's one in Bristol called Prism with a Z. I accidentally went there within the last decade. Really? Oh no. <laughs> yeah. In your mid-Victorian tiled pub with furniture accrued. I love that turn of phrase, with furniture accrued. Uh, what are the two <laughs> items you're having on draft? Okay, so this sounds very tedious but I I don't really trust a pub which doesn't have a stout on. Mm-hmm. And your classic, it's it's Guinness because you, you can't really go that far wrong with it. it unless is. it's very badly kept and very badly poured. In which case, the, the my bar staff will be trained. They yes, will be drilled please. in how to do mm. a proper pint. Because I've you. seen some shockers in my time. Mm. Tell Oof. you how Guinness can go wrong. I once went to a Weatherspoons with not just Guinness Extra Cold, Guinness Super Cold. Ooh. And it was disgusting. Just take sure it outside mentioned... if you want it colder. <laughs> yeah. It's too cold. I'm sure we've mentioned this before, drink. but uh, shit London Guinness, the Instagram account. I don't know if you're aware of that, Jenny, but that is a, definitely <laughs> so worth a follow. Oh, yeah. oh, it's, it is shocking. And, and in fact, a lot of my pub knowledge and my pub fondness comes from a particular pub I worked in sort of in my, in my mid-twenties into thirties probably, <laughs> um, where... I made some very good friends, including one of my best friends, Claire, was the landlady. She took a chance on me. I'd never done more than a few shifts behind a bar, and she she gave me this job and saved me from myself at a time when I was I was very depressed that and, and I wasn't I was basically agoraphobic and I didn't want to leave the house, but I had to for my shift, and it changed a lot for me. But pretty much the first thing she showed me was how to pour a pint of Guinness, and then made me do it another ten times. So oh, I got it brilliant. right. Because she she was not having having a bad pint of Guinness. What did you do with all that Guinness? Ah, well, she 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 saw it. She saw it off somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so the pubs played a huge role in getting you to where you are. I mean, literally and and sort of metaphorically, you it it mm. provided you with the something sort of challenge the difficult state you were in. Yeah, absolutely. It was it it became a second home, and I, I developed a second family, and was really important to me when uh, you know I'd had a bit of a downturn in my in my life and my circumstances and ended up moving back home and moving into my mum's spare room with all my worldly goods and it was yeah it was it was a a tough old time and basically my mum said you need to go out and find a job I don't care how many hours it is how much it pays but you need to do something and uh, thankfully Claire came to my rescue and yeah she's still one of my best friends and 
I've actually followed her around the country, been to visit various different pubs that she has run over the years, oh, some wow. interesting ones. <laughs> what was the um, name of this pub that, that saved your life? This is the Bowling Green, uh, colloquially oh. known as the Bowler because it's in Horwich, that village near to Bolton, not a suburb of Bolton at all. It is, it, that is one of the only pubs in Horwich which retains its its actual name rather than the colloquial name. Can we just take a moment to give some <laughs> quiet thanks for the bowling green? The bowler. May she... Oh. I don't know what she's up to now. <laughs> Long may she's she She's been redecorated be is what's happened. Oh, well, that can yeah. go one of two ways. Mm. So what a fantastic story of Jenny and pubs. Yeah. And redemption. Yeah. What's your second draft item, Jenny? Right, I've only seen this on draft once. <gasps> and I was, so, I, I was so excited, I actually took a photo with the bar staff. Yes. I, I'll tell you, this bar, <laughs> this bar was in a bingo hall. <laughs> okay. Um, and it was Vimto on draft. Wow. Wow. Tell you. I never thought such I never dared dream such a thing existed. So it's it's my favourite and it was it was it was on tap. I could have a pint of Vimto right then and there. So you could have a I guess you could have a Guinness and Black. Oh, I wouldn't ruin either Guinness or Vimto by mixing them together. Although now I've got an idea, I might do it. I remember my first forays into Guinness were in a pub called the rising sun in bristol and i would you would you used to have it with like a sort of shot of black currant yeah. in it uh, that's that's an underrated drink i find yeah i i find myself craving that occasionally yeah always associated with goths yeah, that, it's a very isn't goth it? drink isn't it for some reason why do yeah. surely a, your, your your goths because me and rob used to be friends with the goths at school surely you don't want to make anything less black it's purple though Oh, mm, I guess it's adding that that purple element, like snake bite yeah. and black. Mm. I remember. Yeah, you've gone you've gone from a quite a cheerful yellow drink to, oh, it looks and it looks like a potion. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah, the potion element. I mean, mm. yeah. Rob and I once went to a house party in probably 1999, and or 98, and there was a one of the guys there was a goth, and he stayed up all night or claimed to have not slept. And then asked to play chess, but would refuse to play unless he could be black. <laughs> As if it was like, that's my yeah. thing, uh, because yeah, I stayed up all night. And I, but you'd like, yeah, but that puts yeah. you at statistically at a disadvantage if you're always, but he just wouldn't, wouldn't hear anything that's about it. That's pretty adorable, actually. Yeah, it is nice. quite sweet. <laughs> So back to Jenny Ryan's mid-Victorian tiled pub with furniture accrued, with a vault, with a 90s quiz machine, and absolutely, thank the Lord, no fruit machines. What are we having in our bottled and canned selection? So 
I like a continental beer. I'm not much of a hoppy ale drinker myself, uh-huh. but I do. I like a continental beer. I like a continental fruit beer. So I would have bottles of Creek, the Belgian cherry oh, beer. Right. Uh, preferably uh, Boone is the brand that I like well, the most. Well, I had two of those just two nights ago. Oh. <laughs> Creek Boone, it's 4%. It's delicious. And it's so nice to get a sort of feel you're having a Belgian beer without it being like 12%. Mm. Oh, I've made that mistake before on a trip to yeah. Belgium. Oh. Oh. I googled it and I've just got Mills and Boone uh, books. Uh, how do you spell <laughs> how do you spell Creek? Sorry, it's K R I E K. Oh yes, okay. I think. Or the I and E might be the other way. You around. can get it in Tesco. Oh yes, oh. this one. Yeah, this is a classic. Oh, it's it yeah. is so good, and it and it is on that scale of actually as the the aforementioned Guinness and Black mm. or yes. Guinness and Vimto. It's adding a fruity element to your beer. Yeah. We've got a very fruity selection at mm. uh, Jenny Ryan's pub. And You've I got don't to get your vitamins somewhere. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> Two. I'm not sure Creek Boone counts as one of your five a day. It does in my pub. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, they're only, because they're 275 mil, the bottles they sell in, um, in Tesco. So it's only one unit a bottle. Mm. It might be 330, but it's definitely one unit a You're bottle. You're making it so sound can... healthy. <laughs> It almost is. <laughs> Not quite, but almost. <laughs> so Creek Boone uh, is your first choice. What's mm-hmm. your second choice? Not being a wine snob or anything because I don't know enough, mm. but I'm a red wine drinker. And a couple of years ago on one of my solo travel jaunts, I had planned to make this trip with uh, a partner. And <laughs> I'd broken up with him about three weeks before we set off, so I went anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, And so I went to Vienna. I wasn't the Lion of Vienna that time. And um, then I got the train down to Venice, and then I went to Florence and uh, just basically ate a lot of nice food and drank a lot of nice wine by myself in Italy. So I think my favourite red wine that I found around there was a Primitivo. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's yes. very easy to drink with anything or on its own. Yeah. And oof. Again, with the, the, the fruitiness. Very fruity, well. very fruity, yeah. I mean, it's got a Vimto quality. <laughs> really. Basically, that all of my drinks are on a Vimto scale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of just how sugary they are, basically. Yeah. It's the flavours are still there. It's just how much sugar content is there. Is there mm. as much sugar as a cream egg? Then uh, it's probably Vimto itself. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not the Primitivo's first appearance in the Moon Underwater. Mm. And I think what makes it popular, but not particularly well known as a grape, is that it's very jammy. Mm. It's mm. very sort of plum cherry port jam yeah. strawberry yeah. jam yeah to coin a phrase absolutely neckable mm. yeah. that's you, it that's it you really can deck the bastards and yeah it's, it's not trendy at the moment but i'm sure it'll have a moment it must have but a it's moment. not trendy right now there's that sainsbury's one the val, val policella which that is uh i mean it's like drinking ribena Oof. it's mm. delish well yeah. i've got on my wine hall of fame i've, I've got, got four cellar. bottles of wine yeah, and they're the only four bottles of wine I've had over the past sort of four years that have made it onto the wine hall of fame. Really, and one of them is 
a Serrani Costarossa Primitivo de Manjuria wow. from Majestic. It is superb. Mm. I really should be a bit more organised when I have wine that I like. Occasionally, I'll be like, I'll take a photo of the label. I'll remember that. Never do. You might must be quite a good wine knowledge person. Have you ever had to learn wine trivia? We found out while we've been recording Beat the Chasers that when we had a few questions come up about wine, yeah. it always comes to me. Right. But I think that's just default because not many of us are drinkers mm. and of those of us who are drinkers the only person who probably cares about what they're actually drinking <laughs> is me i mean i love paul to bits but he will always just ask for the cheapest lager they've got <laughs> that's it he's, he's not really thinking about what he's putting in his body mm. so cocktails and wine i will tend to have to come up with the extra info i'm not i'm not a, i'm not a wine buff but i know enough but surely general knowledge is about knowing things of which are not necessarily your taste. Because Paul, I love Paul to bits. And if I needed to know who scored in the FA Cup final in 1980, I'd ask him. But he's never been in an FA Cup final. No, no. And he's, he's, never, he's never scored for England in Vienna. No, absolutely not. Not that I know of. I mean, very personal. Well, he may have done. Yeah. I used the phrase wine knowledge person instead of wine buff there, but I think you, you got one. Mm. I, okay. I prefer wine knowledge person. Wine knowledge person, yeah. <laughs> right then. So, just to recap thus far, in Jenny Ryan's Dream Pub, we have Guinness with trained Guinness bar staff who have to pour 10 pints of Guinness to prove their worth, which Robin and I will then come and uh, make them disappear. Great, from one to ten. Uh, we have Vimto on draft to create uh, some kind of Guinness and Black, or just have Vimto on its own. Mm. We have Crike Boon, a 4% Belgian... Is it cherry? Is the cherry beer, isn't That's it? That's the cherry one, yeah. Yum. yeah. Framboise is your raspberry version, which yeah. is also nice, but I'm, I'm a... I'm a bit of a sucker for anything cherry flavoured, mm. even cherry flavour sweets, which don't yeah. taste like cherries, but I like cherry flavour sweets for the mm. for the weirdness. Do you like cherry halls? Yes. Yes. Yeah. One of the great flavours. Yeah. Um, and also a bottle of Italian Primitivo Red. Well, this is a lot of pressure now, uh, Jenny, <laughs> because we are about to hand over to our quiz master. Uh-oh. <laughs> the lovely Robin, who is going to oversee this evening's pub quiz. Now, this is for the listeners to play along at home. But Jenny, do take notes because we can we can chip in with our answers afterwards. OK, everybody, pens out, eyes down. It's time for the quiz. Played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey have been deducted five points. Thank you, John. Yes, welcome to the Moon Underwater pub quiz. Uh, this is quite a Sorry, Rob, I'm just going to yeah. get an alcohol-free beer while sure, you, of course, before of we course, do that so I can enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> okay. All this talk of um, fruity beers, so I've got a, an alcohol-free... Uh, raspberry sour Ooh. from uh, Mikola, and it's absolutely. I gorgeous. thought you didn't like sours. I don't like sours if they've got booze in them, but I like sours if they're alcohol free because it tastes like fruit juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, all right. Good. That's your so, logic, and you can stick with it. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 
Welcome to the Moon Underwater pub quiz. And what a nerve-wracking experience it is compiling a quiz for when the vixen is present. But uh, yeah, just play along. Uh, play along at home. And I'm going to read through some questions and then give you the answers after the advert break. So I thought with the vixen along... Do you mind being called that, by the way? Or should I just, I'll just call you Jenny. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a weird nickname. <laughs> yeah. um, so this is a bit of a non-traditional pub quiz round, I thought. It's not your average trivia i thought it'd do something a bit different and maybe this will you know stick and it could be a recurring theme of the moon underwater pub quiz but i thought this was quite a good idea it's basically lyrics or cryptic crossword clues so basically what i'm going to do is i'm going to read out a sentence and you have to decide whether it comes from a, a song lyric or from a cryptic crossword clue oh nice this and then great. when I give you the answers, we can even, you get a bonus point if you can guess what the cryptic crossword clue answer is. <laughs> okay, I think that's clear. <laughs> okay, so question one, quote, Fox Confessor brings the flood. Fox Confessor brings the flood. Is that a lyric or a cryptic crossword clue? Okay, I've got six of these because I, I really liked doing it. Uh, question two. Scrap of sassafras, a Sisyphus. So that's scrap of sassafras, which is like a How plant. are you spelling that? Sassafras, S-A-S-S-A-F-R-A-S, comma, A-E-H, Sisyphus. As in Sisyphus, the guy who pulled a rock. Pushed a rock up a hill. Pushed the rock up the hill. How are you spelling Sisyphus? S I S S Y P H U S. And it's got a question mark at the end. Great, great, great. Okay. Question three Is it a lyric or a cryptic crossword clue? Draw on such fresh morning air. Question mark. Draw on such fresh morning air. Okay. Ready for the next? Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you a crossword fan, Jenny, or is this a. I tried to be. Yeah. Um, my my mum is very into cryptic crosswords, and I she will always thrust a, a newspaper at me and go, "Try and get a few of these." And I look yeah. and go, "Oh!" And I'll get one. <laughs> yeah. She's already done most of them. So if there's a few letters in there, yeah, yeah. I understand the principle. Just I've not mm. been doing it enough. I, I was like I've been teaching myself since like November. Because yeah. my neighbour gave me a book of cryptic crossword puzzles. And I'm on number 47. Wow. Uh, and it's the first one I've not had to use any help for so far. And about halfway through. So I'm quite excited this might be the first one I ever do without any help. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Where did we get up to? Question: We did question three. Uh, draw on such three, fresh yeah. morning air. So question four was, bored having seen tide turn at sea. Bored, having seen tide turn at sea. Okie dokie. Qu question five. Out of England, I dream of its creamery. Creamery. Which is, I won't give any clues. Any help? Do you need any spellings? With that one? Some feverish writing going on down at John's end. Mm. It's quite hard because you have to be able to see them. Yeah. To do, if you were actually to do them as a cryptic crossword. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's working out which ones sound crosswordy. Okay, and the last one is number <laughs> yeah. six. Gegs. 
G-E-G-S. Is that from a song or a crossword? <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jenny's that's, happy that's with that one. one. Cool. That's my level. <laughs> <laughs> Okie wow. dokie. Well, I hope you had fun listening along to those. What a superb quiz from Robin there. And folks, you have the time it takes to listen to these notices uh, to compile your answers. For those of you who are supporting us through Patreon, we uh, appreciate it very much. If you if you would like to subscribe on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com forward slash moonunderpod and see the many benefits that you get as a Patreon member, including, but not limited to, uh, access to live tickets when they go on sale, ad-free podcasts, access to the Moon Underwater Social Club Facebook group, and also the bonus podcast. Robin and I discussing everything we've ever thought about pubs. Also <laughs> tasting a few beers in behind the cellar door. So do check that out if that's of interest. But right now, a little bit of advertising. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back, folks. Getting vertigo from being held so high on these tenterhooks. Robin, please bring me back to solid ground. I will, John, absolutely. How did you two get on with these questions? Terribly. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they all seem so plausible in terms of crossword clues that some of them are too mm, obtuse. Yes. And I can't... Yeah. The, I'm not very good at working out crossword clues, but I can kind of see which ones right. are where I'm supposed to be looking in them. Yes, yeah, And there's yeah. a couple I'm, I'm not sure enough about. Sure. To, to, to think that I could have I could see them in my newspaper. Yeah. Hmm. Well, let's let's put you out of your misery. So question Please. one was, I'm sure John will know this one, Fox Confessor Brings the Flood. What did you think, Jenny? Lyric or cro crossword clue? Um, it sounds very specific, so I'm going to go lyric. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, well, it's actually a song title by oh. Nico Case and an album 
an album name by Nico Case. But I always thought that sounds brilliantly like a crossword clue, which is where I got the... It's such a great song. Yeah, it's where I got the idea for this round. Oh, was it really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So question two was Scrap of Sassafras, A Sisyphus. Lyric or crossword clue? Uh, It... There's a lot going on there for it to be any kind of anagram animation because mm. there's too many S's. So unless it is to do with all the S's, I'm going to say lyric. Mm-hmm. John, I think because you said question mark, I think it's a I think it's a cryptic crossword clue. But that was the one I was most unsure of. Sure, it is actually a lyric. It's a Joanna Newsom lyric from the song Only Skin. Wow. She's a yeah. What a great lyric. Um, God, that I'd is. love to do a crossword with Joanna Newsom. In the Cotswolds. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole different podcast. (laughs) Question three. Draw on such fresh morning air. There was a question mark at this on this Mm. one, which makes me think it's a crossword clue. Mm -hmm. I haven't solved it, though. (laughs) You don't have to solve it for a bonus point. But, John, what did you think? Well, I had it down as a lyric, but if it's a cryptic crossword clue, I'd like to know the amount of letters so I can have a go. Okay. Really? Right. Okay. Well, it is a cryptic crossword clue, and the letters are four as two words, four, six. Is the first word gain? No. Uh, Well, you have to give it. It's it's an anagram of morning air. Rain? No. Okay. You know, it's, it's, it's an anagram of draw on such. It's dawn chorus. Oh, it's ah, dawn chorus. A morning so, air. Morn- a morning uh, air. air, yes. Air. That air. always gets me. I always <laughs> get it wrong when they put the anagram indicator after the anagram ingredients. Right. I always get mm. confused. So just to explain, it's a draw on such is an anagram of dawn chorus. Fresh meaning, look at those words afresh, I suppose. And morning as in dawn and air as in like a song. So mm. like a chorus, dawn chorus. Cool. I feel like Victoria Corrin Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, bored, having seen tide turn at sea. With that turn, that makes me think there's an anagram in there. So, I'm going to go for crossword clue. Crossword clue, John? I'd say that's definitely a crossword clue. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is a crossword clue. Yay. Well done, both of you. Do you want the answer? Well, so it's it's either a word meaning bored, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which is then another word for tide the wrong way round, on top of a word that means sea. Do you want me to put you out of your miz? Yeah. Please. Okay, it's uninterested, which is an anagram of tide turn at sea. Wow. Which is a lovely one. I definitely would have needed someone else to start the crossword. (laughs) Yes, definitely, yeah. I mean, I'm hopeless at crosswords. It's an anagram of... Of turn at sea, is it? No. No, it must be seen tide turn because at sea oh at sea yes yeah you're quite right sorry at sea is the anagram indicator sorry sorry out of crossword club okay out of england i dream of its creamery any ideas for that it's it's so evocative Mm. that that'd be wasted in a crossword i think that's (laughs) gonna be lyrics john i'm gonna say lyrics it is lyrics it's 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 from a song called barmy by the fall and I, I was doing this today, and I always thought the lyric was, Out of England, I dream of its green memory, which is absolutely beautiful. But it's not, it's not, he's not singing that at all. It's creamery. No. I don't know what It's all means. in the delivery. <laughs> it's all in the delivery. <laughs> okay, so that was the full. And the last one then was gags. Any idea with gags? That's a crossword clue that yeah. I can solve. <laughs> sure. Do you know the answer? Uh, scrambled eggs. Yeah, scrambled eggs. So Yay. very, very well done if you got them at home. And thus endeth the quiz. 
I like that. Superb <laughs> quiz, Thank Robin. You. Thank you. Superb quiz. So um, we took some time there to really get get to <laughs> yeah. grips with some superb cryptic crossword content. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, that's gonna... what's going on in the vault in my pub. It's yeah. Somebody Great. is hunched over a cryptic oh, yeah. crossword. I tell you what, I love it in a pub when someone's doing the crossword, but then like other people join in. Or, you know you know what I mean? That really brings people what together. What if that I mean, person wants to do a crossword on their own Well, they might self. shout out across the bar, you know, 10 yeah. down, help me. Yeah. That's not the, the clue. Bar, the bar staff helping. Out, gags. Yeah, gags. <laughs> yeah. That's how you get barred. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone, Gags. Well, uh, Jenny, in this vault where people may or may not be doing and discussing cryptic crosswords, what two spirits will they have access to? Well, you know, some pubs are like whiskey specialist bar and they've got mm. every whiskey under the sun. And some have got gin now. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, mine would be rum based. Ooh. A lot of dark rum is my thing. My mm. my former poison of choice. Bet noir. We're we're still on the on the sweet scale here though as well. Yes, you know, we it's are. sugar based. So yeah. my favourite bottle behind the bar will be it's Old Monk. I have an old monk here, which is virtually empty. Here he is. Oh yeah. It's oh a rum. my god. It's a rum from Goa, and it's about the sweetest thing you'll ever drink. Wow. It's it looks delicious. like a chess piece. Yeah. yeah so it's, his it's little head comes a... off, and you can drink out of his. It's skull. a glass bottle in the shape of a monk. <gasps> Quite mm. incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's more impressive when it's full of brown liquid, but there's only a wee bit left. <laughs> Aren't we all? Hey. <laughs> um. Oh wow. So are we looking at? So I'm just looking at it in my mind. Mm. Um, Google. No, in my in my mind. Right? <laughs> right, sorry. <laughs> so it's is it Old Monk Triple X? Old Monk Triple X. That's the mm. one. Oh. Yes, very old vatted, seven years blended. Don't know if that that makes it any better. Whew. Forty-two point eight percent. That's the rascal. Don't actually Google. Don't accidentally Google monk porn when you Google uh, monk <laughs> Triple X, X monk action. <laughs> uh, yeah. Monk no. on monk action. <laughs> Sorry, it's definitely out there. <laughs> yeah, probably if you can think it. Mm-hmm. So it has been done. Jenny, are you mixing that with anything, or or is that a straight up monkery? <laughs> that <laughs> that it, it is probably better mixed with something. Yeah, it, it can be sipped, but it's 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 nice. It's nice with a ice cold Coke mm. from the bottle. Ideally, a little bottle. Little yes. glass bottle, oh, just fizzy it. enough. And what could, um, you could probably have a couple of pints of that, couldn't you? The, oh, the, the, I, I can easily. Yeah. The desperation rum is the thing. Rum is the thing that I can drink till yeah. forever and yeah. not feel any the worse for it, and not feel any drunker. I can drink rum until my girlfriend leaves me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god! Okay. Jenny, your second spirit. My my second bottled drink here. Uh, my second sp- spirit, a stronger beverage. Yes, it's not, it's not technically a spirit, you see. Ooh, because your spirits, your classic, your your rum, gin, vodka, whiskey. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm extrapolating from that. It's a liqueur. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we'll allow that. Okay. It's uh, it's this stuff. It's called Belota. It is Spanish liqueur made from acorns. Wow! No way! And it is very sweet, and it's it's like a it's it's like an upmarket amaretto, I would say. Mm. 
it's got it's got more of an earthy nutty flavor to it and it's a sippable one so it's this is a nice short does it get you belottoed hey (laughs) well i've drunk most of this bottle so yeah (laughs) here's a quiz question for you uh jenny what is amaretto made from um it is made from the stones of apricots is it yes wow there we go that is good. There you go. Booze knowledge. Because <laughs> you think it's made from hazelnuts. Yeah, yeah. You think it's it's definitely nut based. You think there's there's they basically squeezed out a lot of marzipan into a bottle or something. Yeah. But no. Stones no. of apricots. Gross. Well, so I've I've made an error there because I didn't realise that amaretto is not a brand. No. Mm. So amaretto, uh, depending on the brand, may be made from apricot kernels, bitter almonds, peach stones, or almonds. Interesting, but it's, Interesting. it's it's I think it is commonly and cheaply done. It's it's like the orange bit in Jaffa cakes is apricots. Apricots get everywhere. What? Mm. Uh, what? Yeah, it's not Wait. orange. Oh. That's not orange. There, that is that's apricot. That's apricot jam, flavored with orange. Jenny, po- you're poisoning my mind. <laughs> this, <laughs> it's true. They're you... still delicious. They're still one of the best things on this planet. But <laughs> it's not. That's not orange. We thought there were murmurations in the pints when you arrived, but you have just murmurated the entire cellar. Oh, my God. There you go. Every day's a school day with me. Yeah. When we edit this, we're just going to cut it there and then just have five minutes of silence. And that'll be yeah. the end of the podcast. It's just yeah, too much to just, deal with. Just weeping. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Mm. On that bombshell, we are going to head over into a vault of our own here at the Moon Underwater as Robin picks this week's entry into the pub library. Thank you, John. Yes, so every week, um, pick a book to go into the Moon Underwater pub library. And normally they are books about pubs or about beer or about drinking or alcohol, something like that. But um, this week, I thought I'd go something a bit different and do a book about the nature of desire itself. (laughs) (laughs) which is a little bit different Um, but this is one of my favourite novels and it's a book that my friend Dave Hawkins recommended to me and it's one of my dad's favourite books as well, it's a really beautiful book, it's called Les Grandes Melnieux by Alain Fournier, which is a French novel, staggeringly and it's it's often translated into English as The Lost Estate but it kind of literally means the, the, The Great Melnieux uh, like the Great Gatsby. In fact, that's where Fitzgerald got the name for the Great Gatsby from huh. this book. Yeah. So, what is a Molnier? It's a character's name. Oh, it's right. the character's name, the Great Molnier. It's often translated as the Lost Estate. A couple of other good facts about this book. There's a Will Oldham song called Molnier. Oh, is oh God! I've been pronouncing that wrong for twenty years. <laughs> I really. I mean, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Also, it's the book that Sal Paradise carries with him in On the Road by Jack yes. Kerouac. Ah, Jenny knows. So, do you know? Yeah, it, that's 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 what's rung the bell with me. Cause right. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's come up in a a pyramidal style question. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, in a quiz tournament where it'll always start with something really obscure. This is the book carried by. Yes. So, and then somebody's already buzzed in when they say Sal Paradise. Someone from right. yeah, yeah. you know some oxford college that knows all about these things yeah i think it's, but, it's, it's is it the le grand moon Mo, yeah that's moon? probably moon? better yeah moon moon, moon. m e 
A-U-L-N-E-S. Maybe it's often translated into English as the lost estate because people don't mm. know how to pronounce it. Um, but basically, <laughs> French is hard. French is yeah. hard. I, I only got a C in my A-level. I've been pronouncing that Will Oldham song in my mind. Molness. Molness. Yeah. Like, Molness. like Holness. Bob Holness. I think he spells it slightly differently. But anyway, it's a brilliant book. So it's basically about this, it's a French village, this mysterious figure, the titular figure, arrives in the French village, befriends the narrator, and then at some point he disappears off for a few weeks, and he comes back saying he's been to this magical, fantastical castle, or chateau, an estate, where he falls in love with a beautiful woman, and he comes back and he says to the narrator, let's go and find it, but they never quite find it. They never quite get back to this place. So it's this incredible, beautiful kind of fable about kind of lost innocence and about nostalgia. I'm sure that when I discovered the estate without a name, I reached a height, a degree of perfection and purity that I shall never achieve again. For the first time, I too am on the road to adventure. No longer am I hunting for shells washed up by the sea under Monsieur Surel's guidance, or wild orchids that even the schoolmaster does not recognise, or even, as often happened in Old Martin's field, the deeply sunk, dried-up spring covered by a grating and buried under so many weeds that every time we would take longer finding it. I am looking for something still more mysterious. I'm looking for the passage that they write about in books, the one with the entrance that the prince, weary with travelling, cannot find. This is the one you find at the remotest hour of morning, long after you have forgotten that eleven o'clock is coming, or midday, and suddenly, as you part the branches in the dense undergrowth, with that hesitant movement of the hands, held unevenly at face height, you see something like a long dark avenue, leading to a tiny circle of light. Basically pubs. In a way, pubs. Because, you know, when we talk about revealing pubs, this idea of turning a street and seeing a pub reveal itself, that's kind of what that passage made me think of, which is why I chose it. Weary travellers not expecting to see a parting in the trees. Yeah. And that circle of light that you never quite find. You never quite find. Oh dear, Robin, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. So could you give us the name and author of that again? Yeah, let's call it The Lost Estate uh, by Alan Fournier. Well, we're going to whack that right on the shelf and I'm going to grab it as soon as we've finished and read it from cover to cover. (laughs) Now, not only do we have a library here at the Moon Underwater, we also have a jukebox. And on it, we ask each of our guests to leave one album that they like to be played in a pub. So, Jenny, what's your album going to be? Right. You, you're going to need to stick with me here because okay. this this is going to hurt. It can't hurt as much as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is what someone has chosen. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, maybe, yeah. Um, recalibrate from there. Okay, um, okay. This is going to hurt. Sure. So this is something which can either be used as a thing of joy or it can be weaponized if mm. you wish to get people out of the pub. Right. Or oh, interesting. it will bring immense joy when everybody is drunk at a lock-in. And that would be uh, The Best of Black Lace. Oh, nice. Huh. I don't know a lot about Black Lace. Inform <gasps> me, please. You've got the conga. You've got Agadu. You've got oh. Superman. They're just party songs, mm. non-stop, terrible party songs. But everyone will know all the lyrics. Mm. And one one of the things that um, my friend... Sorry, I was thinking of Black Grape. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, that would be that would be much higher quality. Oh, this the birdie is... song as well, of course. Did they but, do that? Um, I mean, I, I think they did a version of it. They would have done a version. It's, so yeah. it, it is anything that would be played at a primary school disco <laughs> at any time in the 1980s. Was this stuff released to, to adults? This the, these, these were pop songs bought by adults back in the day, in the 70s. Wow. That then got, re, they, they got repurposed as family party songs, discos down the caravan site over the years um until the point where they're just part of the 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 background of you just feel slightly decadent mm. sticking sticking one of those songs on it and you're like i know i know i should be snobbish about this but we've got beyond that push pineapple shake the tree <laughs> they do feel synonymous with the great british celebration yes mm. yes my my friend claire the landlady of the bowling green would weaponize the conga Mm. Right. That's a good way to get people out, is if you get the conga going in the right direction. But there were people who would loiter at the end of the night and think yeah. they were going to get a lock-in. And mm. only, obviously only certain people were permitted to stay. And uh, if she didn't really want someone to say, she would, she, would, she would say, in all seriousness, convince them that when we have a lock-in, the first thing we all do is take our clothes off and do the naked conga. <laughs> and then she would go to the jukebox and she would put the conga on right. and start unbuttoning us up and people would leave very quickly. Really? Like, some it was, some people stayed and immediately like you know took the trousers off. That's fine. You know, it showed it showed character, didn't it? It did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, so going on the jukebox here at the Moon Underwater alongside all of our other guest choices is the best of black lace mm. which sounds like it's going to be more rocky than it is yeah it sounds like yeah. a metal band doesn't it black yeah it's a, very, it's a hardcore name for a, a slightly saucy party band Well, you have one more choice left to add to your previous choices. So, so far, you've had Guinness and Vimto on draft, Coric Boone and Primitivo Red bottled, and Old Monk Triple X Monk on Monk mm. action at 42.8%, <laughs> and Belotta, the mm. acorn liqueur, yeah. to go in your beautiful pub with its side great... rooms and its vaults, yeah. its booths, and its furniture accrued. It's a great selection. So uh, your final choice, Jenny, is your wildcard drink. This can be absolutely anything. So this is this is a wildcard because it probably comes in a box rather than a, a, a genuine draft or, a, or definitely not in a bottle. And that would be the fruit perry that they sell at the Man and Scythe in Bolton. These are basically homemade-ish. They buy in a, a non-flavoured perry at a roughly, I think, I think they're about twelve percent. F me. Um, although, and it feels like that once you've mm. had one pint. Uh, it might be slightly less, but not much. Uh, <laughs> and then they make different flavors. So there's a passion fruit one where they basically put some cordial in there. They may as well do. They may as well do a, a, a Vimto one, <laughs> which they might do if I ask them. Be quite so good. the the cider company send them like a sort of base mix that mm -hmm. you then flavour as you want. Yeah, yeah. So they have a variety now of different flavours, 
Uh, and they will have guest flavours, which is just basically whatever whatever additive they could find to make. I think it. they do this. At, I they definitely have a range of flavoured perries at the Harp in London, and I've had a mango perry there. Yes. I wonder if it's the same thing. Do you yeah. know the name of the company that make these boxes? I don't. They they never they never reveal their sources. <laughs> oh great! Turns out it's black lace. That's what we've got. They I would remember. actually love their own line of ciders and perries, and they would definitely they- come in a box. There used to be a fantastic perry when I worked in the Adam and Eve in Bristol called Hex. Do you remember Hex Perry? That oh yeah, I know very, Hex Perry. Very nice. Well, they oh, do. Yeah. They, they have a, a, a cider and perry festival where they have a range of these. I feel like there's been some in from Hex in the past. I was once at um, the Apple in Bristol, which is a cider boat, in the afternoon, and they had this. Oh, gl- that sounds dangerous. Oh, it's so good, and they had this perry on. It was only about four and a half percent. And it just tasted like nectar. Mm. I had three pints, Ooh. and I'm I'm not going to mince my words, Jenny. It went through me like a lightning bolt, to the extent where I had to get a cab home because I needed the toilet so badly. So anyway, I texted John Richardson, the comedian, and I <laughs> and I said, "You've got to get to the Apple because they've just got the best Perry I've ever tasted." Because something was clearly not right with the barrel. So the next day... Well, you deliberately he, did that to him. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it did taste amazing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the next day, he uh, texts me saying, you're right, this this Perry man, this out of this world. And about 45 minutes later, I got a voice message from him on, on the toilet at the, and the train back to Swindon where, fucking, what have you fucking got me into straight <laughs> on this toilet as soon as I got on the train? That's oh, cruel. Yeah. That is cruel use of Perry, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, an, it's an abuse of Perry. It's an, abu- an yeah, abuse of Perry, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a great choice. And I, I have to say, when I come to your pub, after a couple of pints of Guinness, I'm going to go straight to the Perry. It's lethal. It is. It <laughs> the is. <toilet. laughs> it is lethal. The, the the two drinks that they have at the Man and Scythe here that I go straight make a beeline. If I want to get drunk fast, I'm on the Perry, and you can have a half, and you're you're already you're well flying. there. Yeah. They it. also do mead. Who oh, drinks mead? Ooh, I drink yeah. mead. I love yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I've never a range I've of had local a... mead. I've had a couple of meads in my time. Always just tastes a little bit too sweet for me. But it's more like a, it's a bit like a dessert wine. Well, you can have very very dry up to very sweet. They have mm. the full range. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can have okay. it. It's 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 like a an amontillado kind of cherry taste to it, straight through to basically drinking alcoholic honey. Yeah, it's definitely what the monks had before getting yeah into old the monk monk on monk action. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> You're barred. You also have the power, Jenny, to ban or bar one thing from your dream pub. So any activity, any item, anything you don't want to see, hear, or experience. There's so many things. There's so many I things. Know. It's this is because you know I, I think it won't be very popular, but children are not allowed at the bar. No way. No like way. It. Like get, it. Get out. You can sit in the beer garden. Mm. They can. You can take them out of lemonade and a bag of crisps because that is that was a pinnacle for me when I was a kid. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. have dreamed of going inside yeah. unless accompanied to go to the bathroom. Well, this is the thing I think is like what's happening to these kids is they're being d- denied the idea of the mystery of the pub. Yes. You know, yeah. don't give it to them when they're young and they can run around the pub. Make yeah. it a mystery. 
Yeah, it was it was so exciting going to the pub for the first time, unaccompanied. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. Ooh. And yeah. then it quickly became familiar. But that, that's yeah. that's part of it. That's part yeah. of it. I mean, uh, also, I did enjoy throwing people out who were just arseholes. So just arseholes, I would ban. Mm. Um, yeah. That is a great power to wield mm. if you are in charge of any bar. But I, I think in general, I would bar shots of anything tedious if you yeah. do shots you got to do something weird yeah, yeah. no sambuca no that's jaeger no band no yeah yeah do shots of balotta do shots of midori <laughs> do shots of i don't know water just take a risk i don't know which tap it's come from hot or gold well so you've given us three possibilities there children banned from the inside ourselves banned from everywhere and shots of anything cliched or boring yeah what you're um, going to guarantee being barred yeah kids save okay, the experience great. for them. Can bugger yeah. off. Yeah. that's a very good point of saving the mystique some things it's nice to have to wait for yeah yeah, yeah i wasn't allowed to the pub quiz i was desperate to go to the pub quiz when mm. i was a kid wasn't allowed because oh. i wasn't allowed inside the line of vienna yeah I had to sit on a bench outside Oh, that was great! It's very exciting. It's by a main road. I've probably inhaled a load of a load of things. <laughs> Hurry up, please! It's time. Jenny, thank you so much for joining us here at the Moon Underwater. What a pub you've created! It's furniture accrued with a patina accrued also, mm. with its booths, with its Rovers Return stylings with its 90s quiz machine, which I fully endorse. Also, its lack of fruit machines and its side rooms and its vaults. We've got to give this pub a name because it's yours to take away with you in your mind, wherever you go. So what's the name of Jenny Ryan's pub? Oh, this was actually really easy. I have to credit my mother for this one. So many years ago, when we would be taking road trips to places like Colwyn Bay, we would have to have topics of conversation and sometimes it would be what would you call your ideal pub mm. so I'd, i would think long and hard about these very small other people in the car would be discussing you know how how good it was that you could have the slug and lettuce these days you could call your pub anything i was oh, i like i like a locally sourced name like the line of vienna many discussions mm. went on and my mum just stayed quiet and she just shouted out the Badger's Arse. So that's <laughs> the name of my good. pub. It's that's a great nice. name. The Badger's Arse, yeah. But it's unique. Yeah. The Badger's Arse. Mm. I don't mind it one bit. Because you'll feel rough as one after a couple of pints of that perry. <laughs> yes, that perry is going to... Well, it's essentially wine. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jenny, I'm delighted to say that the Badger's Arse is yours to keep. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. And you take it with you in your mind and in your soul and in your hopes and desires. And hopefully one day you might turn through that avenue of trees and find a circle of light in a clearing wherein sits the badger's ass. So, Jenny Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so much fun to do. It's been a delight to have you here at the Moon Underwater and we bid you farewell. And as ever, we like to play guests out with one of the tracks from their album. So I think it's only only fitting that as we're closing, we now put on the conga to see Jenny out into the vast unending night.
And Jenny is now walking along the streets, dispersing her atoms into the atmosphere to be reused in the compressed gas of some of her favourite drinks. And we wish those atoms very well and thank her for bringing them to the moon underwater. Next week, the pretty big atoms um, of Adrian Childs, uh, I mean that in a in a sort of radio sense, he's a big radio atom presence. And he will be coming to the moon underwater to choose his perfect pub. So do download that episode as soon as it's out. And a reminder that there's a new bonus episode of Behind the Cellar Door available to Patreon subscribers of the, uh, I think, top two tiers, the TTTs get uh, behind the cellar door so hopefully see you down in the cellar behind the mirror of sorrow at some point very soon and thank you once again for visiting the correct realm in the moon underwater What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.